Hi, this is Christine Baukamp, and here we are, the end of Exodus. We've traveled a long way with Moses and the Israelites, and although this isn't the end of the journey or the story of the Israelites and their time in the desert, today we'll read Exodus 40, 34 through 38, the end of the book. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day, and at night fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. And this continued throughout all their journeys. Well, this, this is move-in day. The tabernacle is ready. All the details and craftsmanship and labor and all the rules and instructions all laid out before this day. Remember how the detailed instructions were so important and how the bad behavior had to be corralled and obedience and structure emphasized. Well, now the tabernacle was ready. Without his glory and presence, the work was not finished. But this is move-in day. God is ready to guide, and the people are ready to be led. This passage is short, but it made me think about how much God wants to dwell with us and how much he wants to interact with us. It makes me think about the big picture. It makes me think about reconciliation. That's a common thread from Genesis to Revelation. Our ultimate reunion is the point of God's attempts to be with and among his people. We can look at the Garden of Eden and see God's original design for his creation. His original intent for dwelling with and being in relationship with his people. So from the garden to the new heaven and the new earth and all the time in between, one thing that we should keep in mind is the purpose and how we, his people, and all creation are being and will be reconciled to him. There are actually a couple of other things within those four sentences of the passage that I want to point out. Besides reconciliation, we can think about God's glory. His glory filled the tabernacle. But what exactly is God's glory here? His presence? His goodness? I mean, scholars study that for years. What about visual aids? The Israelites had to have something they could see. Faith was not a strong suit for them, it seems. The disciples made the same mistake. Even after all they'd been through with Jesus, when the going got tough just before Jesus was arrested, they have this conversation with Jesus, and they're panicking because he is leaving them. In John 14, Jesus says, You know the way where I'm going. Now, he's going to the Father, but Thomas is like, no, no, we don't. And so Jesus says, well, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? 
anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. You see, the disciples, they wanted to see God, but they didn't realize they already had, which brings me back to the passage in Exodus that we just read. What this passage brings to us like a gift is the glory of guidance. In the book of Exodus, God guided the Israelites with the use of Moses, his spokesperson. And they also knew that God was on the mountain. He was so close to them. And then finally, he guided with that cloud in the fire, that physical representation that was like this game of red light, green light, like God moves and they moved, God stayed and they stayed. But this method wasn't going to work for long. Once they reached the promised land, it ended. Well, God then used prophets to guide the people, and the prophets were so important but not perfect. After so many years, the prophets fell silent. Everyone then waited in great expectation for Messiah, who would bring God's rule and reign to earth. They knew the signs, and they looked for them. And so that brings us to Jesus. Just at the right time, God sends Jesus to earth. Now, Jesus certainly didn't reign the way that people expected. What he did do was point to the Father in everything that he did and said. He came to show us what God really looked like, what God's character was like. No more misunderstanding. Jesus guided with kindness, his authority, miracles, parable, and by example. But Jesus couldn't stay. Fully God and fully man, he came with a purpose and a plan. And part of that plan was to make sure that we weren't left alone and without God's presence in our lives when he had to leave. He promised the counselor, the paraclete, the advocate, who would not just live among the people. No, God is taking one step closer. And that brings us to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us and lives in us. People have what's called a conscience, and that is that inner voice that we're born with, but it is fragile. It can be swayed by sin and evil and pride and pain. And when we accept Jesus and make the decision to follow him, we receive the Holy Spirit, who is our counselor, who's with us at all times. And he guides us with wisdom and discernment and is the voice of reason and love in any situation. We only have to listen for him. So let me give you a couple of of examples in my life. Okay, I remember standing in church one day years ago, and the worship team was playing. I was in the front row singing and swaying and completely serious. I was totally concentrating on worshiping God. And I said, Jesus, I am so happy. And this voice, this voice came out of nowhere and said, you don't look like it. I realized that my fists were clenched in front of me and my face was all scrunched up tight. And then that voice, I mean, my eyes shot open and my hands went to my side, shocked. 
And this wave of understanding kind of washed over me. I could relax. I could enjoy the time that I spent worshiping. I could smile at him. My worship was not better because I was so intense about it. He wanted me to worship with joy and to let my expression show it. That was an unexpected leading from the Holy Spirit. Another example is when I intentionally seek his leading. I like to set aside times to practice my discipleship. And one way I do that is with times of silence. Sometimes that's on a labyrinth walk that's held a couple of times a year that I go to. And I love that he always meets me there in that time. Another is that I try to set aside one day each month that I am silent. And even though I go out and I still get things done around the house, I stay silent. The first time I tried it, the Holy Spirit showed me how much I control with my words. When you can't tell someone like your kids or your spouse how to do something, or you can't tell a driver which way they should be going, or even a cashier that she missed a coupon, like whatever it is, I found that letting go of controlling situations with my words was very freeing. I mean, at least after the initial panic subsided. But the Holy Spirit was right there reassuring me with that this was a good lesson for me. And so I will say it again. He guides us with wisdom and discernment and is the voice of reason and love in any situation. We only have to listen for him. And so this is as close to God that we'll be while we're here on earth. And what a wonderful way to live. I mean, we have the Bible for reference and it speaks to us. And we have the law, which we still need because if we didn't have the law, we wouldn't realize our sins and our need for a savior. And we have the parables and the examples of Jesus so we can strive to be the very best image bearers that we can be. And we have the Holy Spirit who works in us and through us for ourselves and for others. Our life this side of the cross should be amazing. And yet, this too isn't perfect. We still have to deal with our pride and our lusts, and we have to deal with the evil in this world, but have no fear. Or as Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled, because one day, all things will be restored. And one day, he will walk among us in the garden. And so I will leave you with these thoughts, these questions. Who or what is guiding you? Is the Bible your source of information? Or are you easily swayed by every post and piece of advice that tells us how we can be good people without God? Have you invited the Holy Spirit to work in and through you? Uh, are you willing to ask some Christians that you know to share what the Holy Spirit means to them? And if somebody asked you that question, do you have an answer? We may be broken people, but we have the privilege of living out of our freedom, not out of our brokenness. Are you ready to live in that freedom that comes with obedience to God? Are you ready to be led Let's pray. Father, would you show us what it means to be led by you in our life? 
in the place that we are right now. I pray, Lord, that the voice of the Holy Spirit would be the loudest voice we hear, that we would discern your will for us, not just for us to live a holy life, but so that we would be used by you, God, so that we could be a reflection of you and that people would be drawn to you. Being led by you is the smartest decision we can make. There's no regrets here, Lord. Thank you for your steady support your refuge in trouble, and be with us and guide us each day. We ask in Jesus' name. And before we go on with our day, let me pray a blessing over you. This is from the Book of Common Prayers for Ordinary Radicals. May God, who is present in sunrise and nightfall and in the crossing of the sea, guide your feet as you go. May God, who is with you when you sit and when you stand, encompass you with love and lead you by the hand. May God, who knows your path and the places where you rest, be with you in your waiting, be your good news for sharing, and lead you in the way that is everlasting. Have a great day.